Hey, Halloweeners, it's October. That means we are going to have some bonus mini episodes. Bonisodes. I just like having an episode, but extra mini ones, meaning bonus. You know, you get it. So I am Teresa, and this month you will get your regular Thursday episodes with an additional one on Tuesday. Those will be the bony soaps. I hope you enjoy listening to them because they won't be like the regular ones, but Halloween themed ones or, you know, spooktacular or spooky dookie, whatever it is. At least it'll have that categoric. Yeah, it'll be on the scarier side. It probably won't give the creep creeps, but you know. Uh, this month for our bonus odes, we have an original scary story written and read by one of my friends. You have a movie review of a movie that I watched with a few friends. I don't know if I'll get them on here because we tried to record this episode already for the vid- for the movie review. And it did not record my voice, but it recorded them. So obviously that app did not like me. Um... We will have the history of trick-or-treating, Halloween, and Saham. Sah- Sah- oh, shit. Saheim. Sorry. Uh, if you enjoy the bonus ones, then tell me about it. And maybe we could add a bonus ode each month. Uh, you are listening to I'm Having an Episode. She's Criminal. And these are your bonus odes. Let's do what we do best and have an episode. A mini episode. The Kachina Dolls. The East Coast, where Frank Bowman originally hailed from, would fill his lungs with damp, salty air, a stark contrast to the dry dust he constantly coughed up here in Oklahoma. He hated the sensation of being covered in dust, inside and out but he didn't hate the wealth of oil buried under this land. Just a year after purchasing it, he was already a millionaire. He'd prefer to remain in New York and simply enjoy the proceeds from this lucrative oil field, but he didn't trust anyone else to keep the derricks going. As he surveyed his land, Jameson, a driller, jogged up to him. Plumes of dust billowed from the man with every jolt of his foot landing on the ground. Franklin scowled at the tan trail. This plot of land had not been so damn dry when he'd first bought it. Clearing away the tall grasses and trees to prep the ground for drilling had created an arid landscape. Boss, here's another doll. The head is gone, though. We dug a little for it, but couldn't find it. Jameson handed him a ragged bunch of fabric. Through all the dirt, he could see the bright color of the beads on the dress trying to peek through. Franklin didn't care about the missing head and dismissed Jameson with a wave. His lip curled into a smirk as he looked down at the Kachina doll, some savage brat's ratty little plaything that had been left when the natives were first forced off these lands. I think it's another Apache. My, I told my friend about the dolls. Why the hell was Jameson continuing to talk? Franklin had dismissed him. He looked up from the doll to gaze at his employee with narrowed eyes. If the man wasn't the best in the area, Franklin would fire him. 
My friend, Nantan, he's Apache, said to be careful with these dolls. Spirits don't like to be disturbed. Franklin snorted at such ridiculous nonsense. The Apache, generally, weren't around anymore to care what he did with a bunch of discarded dolls. Don't you have new Derek to set into place? Franklin asked, ensuring the tone made it an order rather than a question. He turned away from Jameson into the direction of his office, which was nothing more than a one-room clapboard building on the outskirts of the field. It at least offered some respite from the dust. Immediately, loud, rhythmic thumping sounded in his ears, followed by a man's voice singing along in a strange language. He turned on his heel, prepared to demand to know what Jameson was doing, but it was clear the noise was not from him. His driller's brow, furrowed in concern and confusion, alerted Franklin to his own wild-eyed look. He huffed out a breath, adjusting his suit coat with his headless Kachina doll still in his hand. He was not about to explain himself to anyone, and stomped away to his office. The drumbeats followed him to his office, ceasing as soon as he closed himself in. He'd been hearing similar noises for several months. A deep thumping like drums echoing through the mountains, usually joined by a group of men singing in a language he couldn't decipher. They were just sounds, sounds that followed him around the fields and even to his home and made his pulse race, but sounds nonetheless. His shoes thudded and creaked across the floor as he walked to the stately colonial dollhouse, resting on an ornate end table next to his desk. His chuckle filled the silent room. He gave the headless doll a little shake before opening the wall of the dollhouse to reveal five other Kachina dolls. Each was doing a task, propped up with a stick up the dress and a stand under their feet. The dolls were still dirty with torn clothing and other damage, but they weren't for show. The dollhouse had been commissioned after finding the first shabby toy. He felt a sense of superiority when he looked at the dolls doing menial labor in a white man's home. A creak near the door interrupted his search for a proper place for the headless savage. His head jerked up to yell at whoever dared enter his office without so much as a knock, but there was no one there. The spike of fear that was trying to freeze his heart was hard to ignore, but he went on about his business. Just sounds, as always. The new Kachina doll would be well-suited for work at the Washington. His wife, Lily, often said doing the wash was mindless work, so it seemed fitting place for the headless doll. The floorboards creaked again just to his right. His heart jumped along with his body. Still no one there. He had spent too much time out in the sun. That was all. With, with great care so as not to disturb the dolls, the dollhouse was closed once more. As soon as the latch scraped down, the beating of drums sounded so loud within his office that he had to press his hands to his ears. The sound could not even be muffled. Within seconds, loud singing joined the thrumming and built quickly into a crescendo. His eyes darted around the room, but knew he wouldn't see anything. Stop! Enough! The demands were lost in the noise, but still a reply was received. A glass from the desk flew at him, ricocheted off his chest, and dropped to the floor with a crash. Several books from across the room followed the glass, 
The drums and singing bent, beat into his head while every object in the room was hurled toward his body. The bombardment ceased, but still Frank cowered on the floor. The savages' song continued their angry and chilling tune. He watched in horror as the dollhouse opened to reveal his collection of filthy Kachina dolls staring back at him. Heaven save him. Maximilian, 